G'day guys, Luke McElroy from Mess Performance Consulting. Welcome back to another episode of the Physiology Secrets Podcast. Joined by Nick again today. I've uh, got a question to go through today around zone two workouts and also the difference between VO2 max workouts versus threshold workouts. So the first part of this question, um, it comes from Glenn. And the question came through, uh, if, if you want to move back to just a base building phase, can I just go back to doing zone two workouts only or do I need to maintain some high intensity workouts to maintain my fitness? So essentially he's done, everything's been canceled. So everybody wants to go back to to base building. Um, Can we go just back to zone two only workouts or will that result in a loss of fitness? What are your initial thoughts, Nick? My initial thoughts are is yeah, with everything being canceled, maybe if it's a case of, all right, I just want to have a bit of a, a week off, give myself a bit of a break to, repair and recover as a, as a mini off season, potentially it might be okay for a very short period of time. But I think we've talked about it a a lot in previous episodes when we talked about detraining and, and going backwards in terms of adaptations, you have to keep some sort of high intensity in your training week to be able to just, just maintain what you've built over the last little while. Otherwise very quickly, we can lose all of that, that positive adaptation. Um, you can probably remember the numbers better than I can, but in terms of like mitochondrial change, it's it's the use it or lose it principle stand, stands pretty true. It's It might take you four or five weeks to, to get some solid improvement to your training. And then if you cut out that high intensity aspect, particularly um, cut out all your training is never a good idea, but particularly the high intensity aspect, um, you can go backwards very, very quickly. Like you can lose all of that in the space of sort of one or two weeks. So it's the type of thing I would definitely be keeping some high intensity work in there. What that is, again, depending on where you're now heading, I think is, is then the question of what does that high intensity look like? Are you then thinking of, okay, I might change my, my race focus. And the one that comes to mind is if, if you were someone who might've been aiming for Melbourne 70.3 in November, but that's been moved. So now you might do Melbourne marathon. Well, different type of race, different focus. Maybe your high intensity is a bit more, race specific potentially given the timeline if you're now looking at all right my next race isn't going to be for another four or five months well maybe it's a bit more vo2 max or aerobic power like in terms of what that high intensity is but neglecting it completely i think is is probably not the best way to go um if you're looking at trying to maintain and 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 keep things moving forward if you're not concerned about that well different story but i think yeah you've got to keep some sort of high intensity and just to keep just to keep this the body and the, the systems all working as they are in terms of the adaptations you've gained over the past three, four, five, nine months, however long it's been. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to provide some extra context, so this is talking about three to four months. So you're going to do three to four months of just sort of zone two stuff. So what does that look like? Now, another thing to I think that's important is to um, define what losing fitness means. So if we talk about the central adaptations, you've had to max, you're increasing left ventricle size, so your heart size, um, things like that, you know, fusion rates at the muscles. That is definitely going to decrease if you stop in, if you've been doing intensity and then you just stop it and just do your easy zone two, there's, there's no doubt that you're going to lose some of those central adaptations. Your heart will shrink, heart rate will go up because of that, things like that. Your lactate accumulation will come in earlier. Now, I guess the, the context is important because does that even matter? If, if you're not going to race for six months, does that matter that that decreases? Maybe not. The, the question, will you lose fitness? Yes, you will. You will definitely lose your threshold, some of your threshold pace and your zone two will go a bit slower, things like that. 
from a peripheral perspective, so the, the increase in like capillaries around the muscles, um, mitochondria to an extent, but they can get stimulated better by doing the higher intensity work. But some of those long-term adaptations, peripheral adaptations, so in the muscle, they, they won't, you won't lose them and you can still gain them by just doing lots of volume. So again, the context is important in terms of, you know, are you injured, are you psychologically cooked, things like that. But just from a fitness perspective, you'd want to do probably one, one VO2 max set a week just to maintain all of your central adaptations to keep your VO2 max as it is, which in our view, I think is best to then make the lower intensity training a bit more quality. I'd rather, personally, I'd rather be able to run it, I don't know, let's say 4.45 or five-minute Ks in zone two rather than six or 6.30 because that's just awkward to uh, an awkward pace for me personally to run at, for example. Um so I guess that, that answers the question is you will lose your central adaptations. You will lose fitness by doing no intensity whatsoever, but then take context into account. Does that matter in the whole scheme of things? Like you will get them back once you've allowed eight to 12 weeks or so of that return to high intensity training. Um, but uh, it's like, once you've got the adaptation, you'll get it back so long as you incorporate the training at the right time. But yeah, if you want to maintain your fitness, um, I mean, I think a traditional base phase is, the, the wrong way to go about it anyway there should always be some of that zone four high intensity stuff um, but it only needs to be a very small amount so one session of high intensity the rest can be your zone two and you you tick the box for for everything that that base building phase is designed to do uh, can we move on to the next question here nick yep so the next part was talking about you know we we advertise a lot you know we've got our conditioning catalog and things like that where it's focused on improving vo2 max so the question came in you know when would a threshold session be appropriate? And what's the difference between sort of a VO2 max set and a threshold set? So let's say we, uh, no one cares about increasing VO2 max, Nick. They just want to run faster, swim, swim faster, it's ride at a higher FTP power. power. Yep. Exactly. So how can we increase our functional threshold power or a lactate threshold? Um, and then we can tie that into why we choose VO2 workouts and then why we might, when we might try a, a threshold specific workout. Yeah, so when we... Look at look at threshold. You have to think about it as percentage of the engine. Like what what are we, we? We have a particular aerobic engine size. When we're trying to go and improve lactate threshold, functional threshold, whatever you want to call it, um, we're, we're looking at trying to increase how much of that engine can we use. We're not trying to necessarily increase the size of the engine. I think that's a clear distinction we need to put out first because they're they're really two very different types of training. Boosting the size of the engines more, your VO two max, your, your aerobic power stuff right at the top end. Whereas when we're looking at threshold, it's bit more to that that race specific or event specific type preparation so the the type of stuff we need to be looking at here is real realistically in and around ftp um, and the way i sort of think about it is well what starts to become more specific for the athlete i'm working with and the examples we, we might go through a couple but if i'm looking at a slightly shorter distance athlete well going at and above ftp in these types of sessions in terms of the intensity for the on efforts if you want to call that it's probably going to be really, really effective because that's more likely to where they're going to be. So if we're a, if you're a 5K runner or a 10K runner, you're probably going to be running bang on, if not slightly above your threshold. So that's going to be the most specific range to be able to build uh, that part of your engine. Whereas if we're looking at someone like a, a 70.3 or even an Ironman type athlete or a much longer distance, well, we still want to improve the percentage of the engine, but it might be more around exactly on 100% of threshold or maybe even just below potentially even heading down towards the tempo end of the spectrum to, to work something a little bit again a little bit more specific to what we're trying to output in the end um, 
but re- really here it's it's I, I sort of think of it as it's not really building much of a uh, in my head, my analogy to, to myself is it's not really building the infrastructure. It's more building just the processes within that. Like we're not changing dramatically things like mitochondria and, and what's happening. That's all of our top end stuff. We're, we're more changing just those, when I say temporary fixes, it's like, well, how can things just keep moving for that extra couple of minutes or extra 10 minutes at, at this intensity so it can sustain a bit longer. So I start to then think about um, work to rest ratios, like two to one, three to one work to rest. So we're doing more hard work than we are recovering that's then going to lead itself to, all right, how long could we sustain intensities for as well? Um, there's some just initial thoughts anyway. Yes, yeah, so I think um, I think it's, again, important to, to define what our functional threshold power is or our lactate threshold, lactate and flexion point. They all mean the same thing, um, anaerobic threshold. So what, what we're referring to, it's, it's really important to understand that this is an aerobic measure. A lot of people think that because it hurts, you feel lactic acid. We're talking about lactic acid, that it's an anaerobic metric but it's actually an aerobic metric because the only time that we need to accumulate any sort of lactic acid is if we don't have enough oxygen if we can't utilize oxygen fast enough okay so if we can utilize oxygen fast enough we will not create any fatigue eating byproducts nothing a little bit of heat but we can sweat to cool ourselves down we only start to use the anaerobic energy system and, and therefore produce lactic acid um, when the aerobic energy system can't do all of the work or 99 percent of the work so if we can improve our aerobic capability, we're going to improve our threshold because we don't need to get that lactic acid accumulating until higher intensity. So if we want to improve our threshold, we want to improve our aerobic power, which is our VO2 max. So if we can increase our VO2 max, we will automatically increase our functional threshold power because we can use oxygen faster. So if your if your VO2 max, let's do cycling. Let's say our VO2 max um, power is 300 watts. Right. You can never have an FTP of 310 if your VO2 max is 300. It's not physiologically possible. Now, in terms of percentages, the 70, 70% of VO2 max is about average for like a, a general population person. And then 92, not, maybe up to 95% of VO2 max at FTP for your FTP would be an elite individual. So there is some scope that if your FTP was 300, um, the, the average person, sorry, if your VO2 max power was 300, then the average person, I'm just getting the calculator out, 70% of that is 210. So you might have an FTP at 210. That's the average person. Now you could be a really, really elite individual, have a VO2 max power of 300 and at 95% of that, that's still 285. So that's pretty good, all right? But you're never going to get above that. The only yeah. way to get above that is to increase that 300 watts at VO2 max to 330, 350, 400, whatever it is. So- I think just, just on that point, I think a really easy way to think about that for those who might be a bit confused is, oh, well, why can't I get that up? At the end of the day, I think we've mentioned it before, your VO2 max power, so that 300 watt example we're talking about, is going to be, for most people, something like a four to six minute time trial, flat out single effort, whereas your FTP is 45 to 60 minutes. So there has to be a gap between those two intensities because you, you can't, yeah, like we said, you can't physically hold an intensity for 60 minutes and that be greater than the, the intensity you could only hold for four minutes. It just doesn't make any sense. So... Like I said, there has to be some sort of gap between these, but you move move the top end up, move the VO2 max up, allows you to have that room to improve things like threshold underneath it as a percentage of it. Yeah, and as you said, it has to be a percentage because 100% VO2 max means you, you're using the maximum amount of oxygen that you possibly can take in with the lungs, everything you've by got. the heart, and used by the muscles at your current fitness level. So that means that any, any power above 100% 
which you could hold for a little bit of time, but not too long. Any power above that is purely coming from the anaerobic system, which leaves behind lactic acid. And as it accumulates, it's going to cause quick and significant fatigue. So your threshold is that maximum sustainable pace that you can hold for 45 to 60 minutes, a bit longer for some elite level individuals. Um, so we need to increase that top end. Um, now, what we generally prescribe is that if you have scope to improve your VO2 max, you're always best to do that first because it's easier to do, right? Rather than trying to, let's say you've got that you know, 300 watts and your FTP is at 70% of that, you could try to get that 70% up to 80 or 90, which is still beneficial. But if you can get that 300 watt VO2 max up to, let's just say 400, let's be really exaggerated, up to 400 yeah. watts, well, 70% of 400 watts is still a lot bigger than 70% of 300 watts. So you've still indirectly improved your VO2 max by doing that, right? So if you didn't focus on your threshold at all, as I said before, 70% of 300 is 210. You get your VO2 max to 400, you still have an FTP of 70%, you're at 280. So you've still increased your FTP. Now we've maximized that engine. It's not going to get, you're at your physiological potential. So now the only way to improve your threshold further is to get that from 70% of VO2 max to 75, 80, maybe up to 90, 92, 95, depending on who you are. And that's when the threshold training comes into place. So you do your VO2 max training to obviously to increase your VO2 max. That's the really high intensity stuff. And then you do stuff at or slightly above your threshold um, for a prolonged period with a short recovery to then increase that 70% to, to higher. All right. So some, some session examples, we will put some more in uh, on, on the episodes to come to give you some examples. I think that's a good, a good lead into to talking about some different examples. But as you said before, Nick, the, the typical examples are you're at about threshold. So you're at about 100%, 105% threshold for anywhere from, you know, it can be whatever, but let's say, you know, five minutes plus, that sort of transition from that VO2 max yeah. to that threshold, five to 20 to 30. Some people do it 60 minutes because that's race specific because you want to be able to hold a, uh, you know, a two and a half or a two hour 70.3 bike split, something like that. Um, so it's a long time at the limit. With a with a half recovery or less, so you could do ten on five off, or you could do ten on or less rest, two off, one off, sixty seconds off. You know that's that's where people will do one k repeats off a thirty second recovery. Like that's fine. That's a, that's a it's a hard effort with a short recovery. So you're really emphasizing the short recovery, and the goal of this is to get lactic acid accumulating or right on the limit, right on that 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 um, point where it equ production equals removal, and then you have a partial recovery so that you can do it again and accumulate the stimulus. If you just, if you, all you did was hold, you know, threshold two hours, um, you're going to obviously fatigue and it's a very mentally exhausting session as well as physically. So getting time right up near that VO, sorry, right up near that threshold, um, slightly above, slightly below things like that. Um, and that's where the threshold stuff comes into place. Yeah. And I think a good point to revisit what, what you mentioned before around, we have to think of threshold as an aerobic metric. It's, it's, it's about what's happening with the aerobic system. When we start to talk about things like two to one work to rest, so we're doing more work than we are recovering. We're having these short recoveries, like 30 second recoveries on 1K repeats, whatever it might be. The greater the, the discrepancy between work and rest, so if we're doing significantly more work than rest uh, as our work to rest ratio in the session, is going to make it a more aerobically dominant activity. Because the body doesn't really have a choice but to be aerobic to be able to almost survive the session, if you like. So the, the greater that uh, discrepancy between work and rest in terms of work being the greater, um, you're going to end up having a much more aerobic output. So I think really important to think about, continue to think about, yeah, lactate threshold, functional threshold is not this 
anaerobic tipping point, if you like. It's well, We're still very, very, very aerobic here. It's just we need a little bit of a top up from this anaerobic. And by doing things like two to one or three to one work to rest ratio, we're pushing it more aerobic to try and drive a bit of that process and aid our ability to keep keep working at that intensity, make it a little bit easier for us to use that option a bit better. Um, but also we get that, yeah. that good specificity to it as well. Yeah, and that's it. You can talk about specificity versus physiological. Let's keep it physiological for this podcast. Um, and I think the, the the analogy that I've been giving for the last you know, five, six years is, is talking about uh, your your aerobic fitness is being a car engine, all right? You can be a V4, a V6, or a V8 engine. Um, and that, those engines can be working on a various number of cylinders. You could be a V4 on three cylinders, a V8 on six cylinders, so on and so forth. So think of the size of the engine as your VO2 max. You're either a V4, a V6, or a V8. And then think of the number of cylinders that you're actually using as your functional threshold power or your lactate threshold. So we might be in a situation where we're a V6 engine working on five cylinders, okay? So you've got two options. One, you can do your threshold stuff and get a V6 working on all six cylinders. That's one thing you could do. Or you could upgrade to a V8 engine first. So you go from a V6 to a V8 engine by doing your VO2 max stuff. And now that V8 engine might be working on say six cylinders, which is still better than a V6 on five, right? Then now we've maximized the engine. We're up to a V8 engine on six. Now we focus on the threshold stuff to get that V8 engine working on all eight. So I think the key takeaway from from this podcast is that whenever you're trying to, whenever you still got scope to improve your VO2 max, your top end aerobic fitness, then we want to stick to the, the zone two and the zone four training, the polarized method, either going really easy or going really hard. Once you've hit your physiological peak, you can't increase your VO2 max any further or a negligible amount. That's when you'll get the better gains by then switching to a threshold focus where you're doing that two to one work to rest ratio stuff at threshold or close to it and have a short recovery. And you're pushing that say 70% of VO2 max at your threshold right up to whatever the, the max is for you, whether that's 80, 90, maybe 95%. So there is a time and place, but it's after, from a physiological perspective, it's after you've already peaked your aerobic engine. That's when you shift to the threshold stuff to get peaked for a race. Uh, good finish point. Perfect. I think that's cool. up. All right, we'll leave it there. I think it's a fairly long podcast. So uh, any follow-up questions, uh, send Nick an email, nick at metsperformance.com or uh, Instagram at metsperformance. And we'll speak to you on the next one. Thanks, guys. Hey, podcast. Nick from Mets here. Hopefully you enjoyed another great episode of the Physiology Secrets podcast. If you want to keep up to date with any future episodes we produce, other content we create here, or just anything that's happening in the lab here in general, be sure to click the link below. Sign up to our weekly updates. We're going to receive some absolute gold in terms of what's happening in the lab, what are we seeing and observing, and also some of our old content as well that you might have missed to further understand the science behind endurance performance. So if you are interested, make sure you do click the link below, sign up for those weekly updates, and head over to our social media as well. Follow us along at Instagram at Mets Performance. Head over to Facebook. We have a great YouTube channel as well. Be sure to check out all of our great content that is already up there, but also some of the great stuff that is coming soon. Thanks again. Be sure to share the podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed another episode and we'll see you in the next one.